Michigan State versus Rutgers, part two on Saturday. We break down that game, and then in the middle of the show, we get to some football news and notes, including two Spartans that are blowing up at Senior Bowl practice. And then we end it with, hey, checking in on some old Michigan State basketball friends to see how they're doing at their newest locations. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, welcome to Locked on Spartans. That's right, your team in green and white five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And this is going to be a journey. It's going to be a basketball sandwich. We got basketball as our bread. Okay, that's our first segment and our third segment in the middle. We got some football meat in there for you. And we're going to see if my voice can hang on for 30 minutes uh, during this wonderful cold season. But enough about me. Who cares, honestly? Uh, This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And let's start this show here because we have a big one on Saturday. It's felt like two months since the last basketball game, but then again, anytime there's a six-day break uh, in the season after Michigan State seemingly played every other game in January, yeah, it's going to feel like a long break, and hopefully it felt like a long break to this team because, lordy, (laughs) they needed it after Sunday. Um, Probably some dead legs after that one, and probably a moral balloon deflator, too, uh, or morale balloon deflator, I should say, not moral, uh, after losing my 16 at Purdue. But you know what? Let's see if we can get back on the canvas here with a big win on Saturday at noon Eastern time at Madison Square Garden, not the rack. That's right. In what is going to be officially a road game for Michigan State. Uh, this came out a little earlier today. NJ.com reported on this that, no, even though it's at Madison Square Garden, it is a uh, a home game for Rutgers. So a true road game for Michigan State. And when it comes to net ranking, and that factors pretty heavily into where MSU can be on the bracket, this doesn't really matter a lot because what you're gunning for is quad one wins. You might have heard that term thrown around a lot in the last few years. And this is going to go from a quad one opportunity to a quad one opportunity. Uh, so quad one wins are anytime you're at home and playing a team ranked one through 30 in the net or neutral court one through 50 in the net. Or if you hit, if you hit a road game against a one through 75th ranked team in the net, that's a quad one win as well. Rutgers is currently sitting at 20. So no matter where MSU is going to play them is going to be a quad one win. However, Rutgers get screwed in this situation because Michigan State is 47 in the net right now. And if it was a neutral court game, okay, this would be a quad one win opportunity for Rutgers. But since it's a home game, Michigan State falls way behind that 1 through 30 ranking with that 47th rank. Sorry, Rutgers. Um, that's, that's not going to be a quad one opportunity for you. But hey, enough about Rutgers. Let's talk about our Spartans. And yeah, okay, I guess we will talk a little bit about Rutgers because we'll talk about what happened last game really quick in case anyone has a case of amnesia and forgot. And then we'll talk about what Rutgers has done since and reasons MSU can win this game and, well, maybe reasons why they won't be winning this game. Let's get into it. Last game, 70-57 to victory for your Michigan State Spartans at Breslin Center. And that was despite 18 offensive rebounds being grabbed by Rutgers that night. 
My goodness gracious, uh, excuse my language, but golly gee willikers, was that upsetting to watch. But a 13-point win was uh, pretty nice to lay our eyes on. And what was even nicer to lay our eyes on was 12 of 22 shooting from Michigan State. Jackson Kohler had his first double-double in his young career. And Cam Spencer, the lights-out shooter for Rutgers, he was held to 1 of 8 shooting. Really, uh, Rutgers kind of stunk up the joint from three as a whole that game. They were one of 16 from three-point land in the first 39 minutes and 45 seconds of that game. They hit that prayer three-pointer when the game was out of reach at the end, but let's move forward. What has Rutgers done since that game, since visiting Breslin Center? They've played three games, and they have gone two and one in that stretch. They beat the brakes off Penn State. All right, They won by 20 at the rack. Uh, they hit the road to Iowa, lost by 11 there, and then the other night... God, they, they won by about 200 points against Minnesota. Uh, I, I believe Rutgers put up 90 points, and the Golden Gophers, God, 55 points. That, that did not cover the spread there, if you were on the Gophers' side. Uh, as a team, look, Rutgers is still the same team that we saw when they came into Breslin Center. They are number two nationally in defensive efficiency. They are number eight in opponent effective field goal percentage. So yes, they put the clamps down. They make it hard for other teams to shoot. However, sometimes they make it hard for themselves to shoot too. This is nothing that Rutgers is really that good at this year. They are 253rd in effective field goal percentage themselves and 238th nationally in three-point shooting. Now, the big three for Rutgers is going to be Cam Spencer, Cliff Amarui, and Paul Mulcahy. Like we just talked about earlier, Cam Spencer uh, did not do well against Michigan State. And that's after he came into the game off back-to-back 20-point games. But since the game started against Michigan State, against MSU, against Penn State, and against Iowa, he was 2 of 14 combined. He had a really nice cold streak going on. Unfortunately, he got right with Minnesota, a 3-for-3 last night against the Gophers. And on the whole, he's shooting 43.9% from three-point land. So... He's going to be in a place more comfortable than Breslin Center. No, it's not the rack, his you know certified home gym, but it's going to be most likely a Rutgers crowd, and I, I have a hard time believing his night will be any worse than what it was at Breslin Center. So watch out for Cam Spencer. That goes without saying. Cliff Amarui, got bad news for you, Michigan State fans. Um, he still exists. Yeah, he, he, he still plays basketball. He is still at Rutgers, and we've seen it almost every other game, but anytime that there's a pretty solid big man on the other team, they're, they're going to get theirs. Uh, and he has seven double-doubles on the season, so he hasn't been, you know, just doing this against Michigan State. He's been doing this elsewhere as well, so Cliff has been a strong player, got literally and figuratively, for Rutgers this season. And Paul Mulcahy, 13 assists, 11-point performance against Iowa since visiting Michigan State. Of course, they still lost that game, but... Paul Mulcahy is that veteran point guard that can disrupt the games, that can be the straw in the drink for Rutgers, if I could use that cliche. And against Michigan State, I think this went a little under the radar, and well, maybe that's my fault, the guy who talks about the team five days a week, but I really thought that their job against Paul Mulcahy was, I don't want to say superb, uh, but it was really good. Uh, he, he was held to 12 points, four assists, but four turnovers against Michigan State, so... If we can get another repeat performance of that where we are disrupting Paul Mulcahy, I, I would just be uh, 
happy with that. I couldn't think of a better word than happy, uh, but we're going to settle on that one. Now, let's go through some reasons Michigan State wins this game and reasons Michigan State loses this game on Saturday. And let's just start with the, the bad side. We'll get out of the segment on a high note here. So let's look at why Michigan State loses this game. Simply put, I, Cam Spencer, we'll, we'll keep on harping on him over and over again. One of eight shooting, 0 of 7, you know, when the game actually mattered. Uh, he hit that one three-pointer in desperation time. But, however, it wasn't so much Michigan State playing really good defense on him at Breslin Center. Uh, if you remember, a lot of those were just wide-open looks. And I don't think a guy as good as Cam Spencer is going to have another repeat performance, especially when he's not at a hostile environment like Breslin Center, where he has a stinker of one of eight shooting. I think he's going to be due for a bounce back, maybe hits three three-pointers. I mean, I would oh, don't really want to see him do anything higher than that, but... I suspect a strong game from Cam Spencer unless Michigan State really turns things around with how they decide to defend him. Uh, Cliff Amaruri, okay, that goes without saying a reason. MSU loses. If you have a good front court player, you're always going to be in contention to beat Michigan State. And then, look, the defense too from Rutgers. I mean, Michigan State put up 70 points against them. That was the highest offensive efficiency game against Rutgers that they saw that season. And it helps when you shoot above 50% from three that's going to be really hard, and I mean really hard to duplicate, especially when you are away from your home gym. And actually, you want to throw on this little fun fact, too, as to reasons why MSU will lose, be my guess. But since the 2014-15 season, Michigan State is actually 4-2 at the rack. All right, yes, they have lost twice in a row at the rack, um, but... Michigan State overall 4-2. and two. So, yes, we think that, hey, we dodge a bullet, not playing at the rack. Well, Michigan State's above 500 there. And in that same time frame since the 2014-15 season, MSU is 1-4 at Madison Square Garden, actually. Uh, there's some Champions Classic losses in there. There's that loss to Michigan in the Big Ten Tournament. And the only win came the day before they lost to Michigan in the Big Ten Tournament when they oddly had it at Madison Square Garden. So, you're going to have to kick some voodoo magic here uh, if you are Michigan State. And really quick, three reasons Michigan State wins. I, I think that they do have the defensive horses to limit Paul Mulcahy to maybe make it irritating for him. Whether it's Tyson Walker or A.J. Hogard, they gave him a healthy dose of both guys last time these two teams met. And also, outside of Cam Spencer, no one really shoots the three-point ball that well. That was obviously highlighted by their three-point percentage. That's outside the 200s. But outside of him... There's no one that is shooting it that well. Pummel Cahey does shoot it at 39%, I will say. So maybe I shouldn't say he doesn't shoot it well, but he just doesn't shoot it often enough where he's going to be a threat. Uh, Cam Spencer's shooting it three times more than Pummel Cahey. So maybe it's not a serious, legitimate threat. And also, if you want to throw this stat onto reasons MSU will win, they're 8-3 with Malik Hall playing, right? All right, so their losses were, okay, the, the Purdue game. Can't really excuse that one. The Gonzaga game, you know, sure, if you want to use it. It was an outdoor game. It was a wonky game as a reason there. And then, well, the loss at Illinois. And you could say they lost that game because Malik Hall missed the last seven minutes of the game. So this can still be a strong team with Malik Hall. We'll see just how strong on Saturday. BartTorvik.com suspects Rutgers will win this game by six points. Uh, this will be a big one for seeding in March Madness. Every game moving forward is going to be a big one for seeding in March Madness for our Spartans. Right now, Joe Lenardi, Jerry Palm, 131 Sports. A lot of bracketologists have Michigan State on the seven line right now. So if you can pick up this quad one win, 
maybe scoot yourself up those seed lines here to kick off your February campaign. All right, we're going to be switching sports here. We're going to be talking football, but first need to talk your ear off about FanDuel. And speaking of football and FanDuel, no app is better for Super Bowl 57 than FanDuel Sportsbook. We're talking America's number one sportsbook, and we are really excited about our new betting partner with Lockdown because they are the number one sportsbook in America. That's right. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And we're betting on anything from money line to point spreads. Who's going to score a touchdown? They have some Rihanna halftime bets. That's right. Get your nose into those. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, easy to use, and best of all, Mr. FanDuel is paying you instantly. That's right. When you go in and you win, you're not waiting for days at a time for that check to clear. Mm -mm -mm. That is in your account instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now let's talk some football, and we're going to kick things off with the Senior Bowl. That's right. Uh, there is some good things going on with two Spartans at the Senior Bowl. And if you're on Twitter or just even online in the slightest bit, you've probably seen this, that Jaden Reed and Bryce Beringer are absolutely going nuclear <laughs> at the Senior Bowl. Now this is a graphic that Michigan State uh, posted up on their website or on Twitter, I should say. So if you're on YouTube, you can see this graphic. If not, we're going to read some of these tweets anyway because they are pretty small. To read, but this is a good idea of what scouts and media have to say about Jaden Reed right now at the Senior Bowl, which will be taking place on Saturday, 2.30 uh, Eastern Time at the NFL Network. Uh, how about this? Just to kick things off, this is from Jeff Nowak. Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed hasn't been successfully guarded in any Senior Bowl rep I've watched over the first two days. Impressive. Yes. Uh, and then also, this is from Coach K, uh, Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed with the vertical route and contested catch. His draft stock is going up. Now, if you've watched any clips online of Jaden Reed's practice so far for the Senior Bowl, you either don't see the cornerback because he shook them so bad that they are out of frame, or the cornerback is keeping somewhat stride with him on these deep routes, and he is mossing them, making tiptoe catches, or just doing really what Jaden Reed does, which was make plays. This is not new to us state fans. This isn't actually surprising to us state fans, but it is nice to see the NFL draft media get in on the hoopla that is Jaden Reed. And also, it's not just the media and everything like that, too. It's actually the, the coaches and the organizers putting this on because the other day he was named offensive practice MVP as well. So, Jane Reed absolutely going nuclear down in Mobile, Alabama. And Bryce Beringer, that's right, not the only guy. Actually, this is a fun quote from Jane Reed said that, uh, actually, it's right here on this graphic. Uh, that quote, he got a freaking moon boot on him. That's right. Uh, well said, Jaden Reed. And that happens too when uh, Beringer has the longest punt of the day of 74 yards during practice. This comes, of course, after his great senior season where he led the nation in yards per punt with 49 yards per punt. Almost two full yards more than the second-place guy. Should have won the Ray Guy Award, but uh, collusion or I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm more hurt 
about that than I was of Kenneth Walker's Heisman snub at this point. But regardless, a lot of great things being said about Bryce Berenger. Uh, this is from Benjamin Solak. Michigan State punter Bryce Berenger is a top five player at the Senior Bowl. Dude is absolutely smoking punts right now. So there we are, two for two with a lot of high praise going on for our Spartans that are taking a lot of practice reps strongly at the Senior Bowl. And also, this is a, a fun little tweet from Dane Brugler as well. Dane is one of the, the cream of the crop reporters when it comes to NFL draft. I mean, th- this guy has the Bible for NFL draft. And he says that there's a lot of chatter about Jaden Reed being taken in the top 120, which is in the top four rounds, which would be outstanding for Jaden Reed. And look, there's um, the knock against him, and the knock against him is his size. But as we've seen as state fans... And I know that this isn't a metric that you could really measure, of course, but like he does play bigger than his six-foot frame suggests. I mean, just ask the cornerback from Penn State last year. Ask the cornerback from Pitt last year. Ask the Wisconsin defensive back this year if he felt like he was guarding a six-foot guy as they were getting mossed in the end zone. So hopefully he could find a really good situation in the NFL, top four rounds. I compare him with his style of play and his size and also where he's projected to be drafted at with Amon Ross St. Brown. And I swear I'm not just saying that just because I'm a Lions fan and I've watched a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown, but I see a lot of comparisons there. They're both built the same. Amon Ra has that big play capability, plays a lot bigger than his six-foot frame, and hopefully he can land in a situation like that. Now, I'm not saying that Jaden Reed is going to have 90 catches in his rookie season. I mean, St. Brown really... And I mean really had an extraordinary circumstance around him where he was the only guy really drafted into a team that really didn't have a receiver. But, hey, I mean, I don't doubt for a second that Jaden Reed can have a nice little career here in the NFL, starting with a high draft selection, and that's in the top four rounds. So that is the Senior Bowl practice roundup right there, plus, you know, my thoughts added to it. Now let's go back to signing day. Just for a hot second here, uh, we only had one signing day uh, commit. Philip Darius, who took a scholarship, but there were some preferred walk-ons out of the high school ranks. And I just want to highlight two guys really quick. Uh, The first is going to be Cooper Terpstra. That's right. Uh, Grand Valley State commit, or once was, of course, decommitted, took the preferred walk-on spot at Michigan State. He's from Holland, uh, West Ottawa High School. Six foot four, 265 pounds, so that is absolutely a frame that Coach Kapilovic and the staff is looking for. Uh, Played a lot of tackle. In high school, but on his huddle film, you see a lot of pulling plays. You see a lot of footwork from him. And also, you see a lot of finishing blocks. Uh, There are a few highlights on his huddle tape where he's finishing guys off uh, with his blocks, pancaking them a good 30 yards away from where the play is taking place. So, yeah, relentless work ethic. And another guy, too, which I'm sorry, Grand Valley State, but this was another one-time commit. For you there, and this is Tariq Amit Besek, uh, or Amit Basic. I don't know. I, I'm so sorry if I butchered your last name. Tariq Amit Besek is my best shot there, but he is from Chippewa Valley, another local Michigan high school kid, and he is a kicker that had 38 touchbacks last season. And also, if you want to watch his highlight tape as well, his huddle film starts with two 42-yard field goals that, hand to God, <laughs> looked like they were good from at least 52. These things were missiles coming off the foot from Tariq's foot. So, look, you've heard my opinions on this if you've listened to the show. I want 16 kickers going into Michigan State next year. 
It was a full-fledged disaster on the field last year. I'm not breaking any news to you. You know this all too well. And right now, Michigan State next year has Tariq. They have Jonathan Kim, the transfer from North Carolina. Steven Rusnak still hanging around. And then Ben Patton still here as well. So that's four kickers going for a job next year, which is great. That's good. That, that's a good four-man competition. It needs to be more. It needs to be more because I don't want... I don't want last year to happen where bull eligibility comes down to a 22-yard kick. And before the, the snap is even taken, you know it's not going in. So, oh my God, you wonder why I drink still uh, to this day. That has a big deal to do with it. Hey, anyway, Deron Williams. Sorry, Dyron Williams. Di- what am I? Williams, what am I talking about? Dyron Reynolds. Dyron Reynolds. Goodness gracious, this is a professional podcast. Dyron Reynolds, the defensive line coach for Michigan State. Of course, Mel Tucker got him from Stanford. Signs a one-year contract for a half million dollars. That is up from the $350,000 contract that Marco Coleman had in the same position. Reynolds has signed for a one-year contract, though, and I, I am a little bummed about that. Like, I, I'm not, you know, punching the drywall over it. I'm not, like, that angry about it, but a, a little curious to see why that's just a one-year deal. Oklahoma had him on a one-year deal back in 2016, and when he left... There were a lot of fans, a lot of former players that were sad to see him go. So hopefully it's a thing where you can roll this over pretty easily and extend him when the time comes. But that's a little news right there. How about that? Back-to-back Dyron Reynolds talk for you on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dyron, if you're listening, first of all, sorry, I just screwed your name up about 45 seconds ago. Second of all, hey, come on this show. I I know you're listening. I know you never miss a show here. So we're going to round things out with talking about guys that have transferred or decommitted from Michigan State basketball and just to see how they're doing so far this season as we're more than 20 games into the basketball season. But first, need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right. We're talking about the best protein bar in the game, the one that tastes better than a candy bar. That's right, right here in the ad copy, they say, yeah, say it tastes as good as a candy bar, but I'm an honest man. I'm going to be completely upfront with you. It tastes better than a lot of candy bars. We're talking about dynamite flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. And not only is it treating your taste buds right, but it's treating your body right. All right, this protein bar, most of them just loaded with 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're going to feel all that power without feeling weighed down like you do with all your other protein bars because Built takes care of you with the taste buds, with the body, and also just with convenience. And as if shopping on Built.com wasn't convenient enough, let's say you're at Sam's Club or at your local Walmart, you can get a 4 pack there as well go get a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs at your local sam's club or walmart or just do it the old-fashioned way at built.com to stock up on your built bars and let's end the week here and you know but before we start this Thank you so much for for listening. Genuinely mean that. Uh, If this was your fifth episode this week or your first episode this week, thanks a lot for giving us some of your time here as we were in limbo between basketball games. Really do appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. So thank thank you for making this so much fun. Let's take a look at some MSU basketball players that have transferred and see how they're doing at their new homes or the homes they've been in for two years or, you know, how they're doing elsewhere or hey, even in the NBA or G League as well. So let's look at some old friends. We're start with Julius Marble. Julius Marble, starter in 17 of 22 games for Texas A&M. Pretty solid year for him going on. Career high 9.7 points per game and 4.2 rebounds per game for the Aggies. And 
not too long ago, I think it was two weeks ago, actually, he just ended a six straight game run of scoring in double figures. So Julius Marble played really well down there. Texas A&M, uh, they are in the first four out right now, uh, according to Joe Lenardi. So they are right on the cusp, right on the bubble. But nevertheless, second place in the SEC right now. So Julius Marble doing really well down there in College Station. Um, of course, you know, we would have the debate of how it would be if he was here. But, you know, he had the whole situation with his family, too. Just wanted to be closer down there with, with his father. I believe his father passed. Um, so that that's, I don't know. I don't think that's a really, oh, we could have kept him. I think the kid just wanted to be closer to home and from Texas. I mean, <laughs> if you forgot that. So good to see Julius Marbles thriving down in College Station. Uh, Foster Lawyer, unfortunately, God, this pains me to say, unfortunately not doing so much thriving in his senior season at Davidson. 15.3 points, okay, and a career-high 4.5 assists, so that's good, but just shooting 33% from three this year. And that was after he was a dead-eye shooter from three last year. He became that player that we all thought he would last year, but taking a little dip here from three-point land, and ah, Davidson, our, our Wildcats are our 9-10 and 10 overall on the season. They are 14th in the Atlantic 10 Conference. And that's second to last place, only ahead of Loyola. So, yes, Drew Valentine not having fun in the A-10 either. So, that's not one of the fun updates that we have for you guys about former Spartans. And Rocket Watts, hey, he's doing solid for Oakland. Of course, we saw him earlier this year against Michigan State. He has been a starter in all 23 games, averaging 9.7 points per game. But, hey, Double-figure scoring in 7 of 10 games since playing against MSU. So we talked with Greg, Greg Campy earlier in the year. He said that Rocket is you know just really has to find his own. He's in a new system again, his third team in his college career. So once he starts getting comfortable, he'll start to blossom. And it looks like they're seeing that over there in Oakland. Who is 9-15 on the season, but 7-3. and three since playing Michigan State, so it seems like the Golden Grizzlies are slowly starting to turn things around. They're in the middle of the pack in the Horizon League right now, but hey, one of the wins that they did have uh, recently was against Wright State. Rocket hit that go-ahead three-pointer with 12 seconds left, so solid, solid year for him over at Oakland. And Thomas Kissier, unfortunately, career-ending back injury in the offseason, so he is no longer playing for Valparaiso. Now let's look at some decommits from Michigan State here, and I might be missing a, a few transfers or decommits. I don't think I am. I, I hope I'm not. Call me out in the comments if I am, but we'll start with the one, the only, Amani Bates. That's right, the one-time commit for Michigan State. Uh, went down to Memphis. That did not go so well, but things are going like kind of, sort of, somewhat okay in Ypsilanti. Uh, depends who you ask and if you're a team fan or an individual fan. And if you're an individual fan of Amani Bates, 20.3 points. Okay, per game. That, that's, that's pretty solid. Just had 43 points against Toledo the other night. Uh, he's doing this on 15.5 shots per game. So, yeah, like he has the lion's share of production over there. Uh, shooting 36% from three. Not bad. 5.5 rebounds. Not bad. But what is bad is how the Eagles are doing overall. They are 6-16 six and 16 overall on the season. They are riding a two-game win streak, but oh my goodness gracious. It, it's... Uh, we will not be seeing them in the tournament, um, to say the least, unless they bang out an extraordinary run in the MAC tournament, but don't hold your breath, it looks like. However, uh, Amani is getting 
back somewhat up into mock drafts. Uh, he still is early second round, late first round projected. Uh, SB Nation has him at 26th overall. Yahoo at 33 overall. And Bleacher Report at 35 overall. So obviously a long way to go ahead of the draft. But that's kind of where he is right now. So there's your Imani Bates uh, update. Whether you like him or not, uh, yeah, he, he's doing solid. He's doing solid. Uh, so Enoch Bwashi. That's right. Last time you heard that name. Enoch Bwashi, he was the five-star kid from Canada, committed to Michigan State, decommitted, and is at Arizona State. And this might be the most unfortunate update that we have for, I guess, former Michigan State guys, if you want to call him that. He's played in 13 games so far this season, averaging just 2.9 minutes and .6 points per game. I, I don't know what has happened along the line. Either someone really screwed up, either they did for not actually coming to Michigan State, or the evaluators rating him five stars because it is just not going well in Tempe season high seven minutes a few weeks ago and yeah Arizona State just as a whole is in the next four teams out so it's not like you know they got a juggernaut down there and it's impossible to find playing time but yeah uh, if you remember that name Enoch Bwashi not going too well and then Jalen Terry that's right he was a one-time point guard commit for Michigan State went over to Oregon and then now is at DePaul or as Romeo Weems calls it uh the NBA Production factory, whatever. Um, still not salty over that commitment at all. That's okay. Uh, 5.6 points per game from Jalen Terry. Was a starter at one point this year. Lost his starting role. Now let's look at three guys that had the option of coming back this year, but instead went to go pro. And we're going to start with the guy who was drafted, Max Christie, who has two starts in 33 games for Los Angeles so far this season. Averaging 14.5 minutes per game, 3.8 points, and shooting 42.6% from three in his young career. So, honestly, that's going a little better than I thought it would. I thought he'd be spending most of his time in the G League, but has had some good opportunities. And his best opportunity he took advantage of was in his career-high 14-point game a few weeks ago against Denver. Now, two other guys that could have come back, Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, both in the G League. Marcus Bingham, unfortunately not playing, season-ending surgery back in November, but still very active on Twitter, seems to watch a lot of Michigan State games, so hopefully he can get back to health sooner than later and uh, pick up that G League career uh, that he was going to start, but unfortunately wasn't. Now, Gabe Brown doing solid for the Raptors G League team. Uh, seven, No, I'm sorry, nine games this year, four starts for him, 11.4 points per game on 42.6 shooting from three so hey Toronto the NBA team they are third to last in three-point shooting maybe he gets a call up maybe they need a three and D guy because that's of course Gabe Brown's best shot at carving out a career in the NBA is being this three and D guy and hey if you're gonna be popping 42 percent from three that, that might help a team that I think is shooting around 33 percent from three so may, maybe he gets the call up maybe not but Solid start to his G League career over there for Gabe Brown. Uh, and there you have it. That's it. If I missed anyone, I apologize. Uh, this was about guys that were, you know, decommits, transfers that could still be in college, or, you know, of course, the guys that just left for the pros as well. And, uh, yeah, we, we wish, we wish uh, all, all of our former Spartans well, of course, here. And uh, I wish you well. Heading into the weekend as well. Of course, we will be back recapping the Rutgers game. If you have any questions, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. We will be back next week. Five shows. It's going to be a hoot and a half. Gang, 
I cannot appreciate you enough. I cannot thank you enough for giving us your ears. Or, hey, if you're unfortunate enough, your eyeballs if you watch on YouTube. Five days a week here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go enjoy your weekend. Love you all. Go Green.